0: This is a Squiz Kids podcast. Your fresh take on what's happening in the world around you. Each week we give the World Globe a spin and see where we land. Then we take the kids of Australia on an audio excursion to visit that country and its people. I'm Amanda Bauer and today on Squiz the World we're visiting the Netherlands which you might know as Holland and where people speak Dutch. Confused? Don't worry, we'll get into it. With all the flooding happening in Australia lately, we thought we'd travel to Europe this week to learn about the lowlands, which is what the Netherlands means, and find out how they deal with having more than one-third of their country below sea level. The Dutch are serious experts when it comes to dealing with unwanted water. So strap yourselves into the Squiz Kids Superfast Supersonic Jetliner as we take off and take a squiz at the Netherlands. Just the facts. The Netherlands is a country of 17 million people on the west coast of Europe. Its biggest city, Amsterdam, is also its official capital. Although the seat of government, which means the place where the country's politicians meet and make decisions about how to run the country, is in a city called The Hague. The Hague, Amsterdam, and another big city, Rotterdam, are in provinces called South Holland and North Holland. A province is what we here in Australia would call a state. Centuries ago, Holland was its own country, but now North and South Holland make up just two of the Netherlands' 12 provinces. The country's government is trying really hard to get people to stop saying Holland for the whole country. So... If you're planning a trip, make sure you say you're going to the Netherlands. Maybe some of you have already been there or seen pictures or videos of the Netherlands. What do you think one of the most famous landmarks is? I'll bet you all of Bryce's money that someone said tulips and they would be right. The Netherlands is referred to as the flower shop of the world for good reason. They produce 80% of the world's flower bulbs, including 4.3 billion tulip bulbs each year. A tulip has a single bell-shaped flower that can come in all kinds of colours, and the Netherlands has the largest flower garden in the world, Koikenhof Park, where you can see 800 different varieties of tulips. I've popped a link to a short video in your episode notes so you can see it in springtime for yourselves. Seeing that in person is definitely on my travel bucket list. And whenever you travel, it's important to learn a few words in that country's language. It's a great way to show respect. So let's learn the lingo. In the Netherlands, the official language is Dutch. Although if I were speaking Dutch, I'd say that the official language is called Nederlands, which makes sense given the name of the country. So why do we English speakers call it Dutch? Well, it's a language that's close to German, which is called Deutsch, and basically the English speakers just got a bit confused. Anywho, let's learn how to speak a little Nederlands. Kid Bloom is 12. Her mum is Dutch, and she's going to teach us how to say good morning. Goedemorgen. Those G sounds are tough, aren't they? Go on, you give it a try. Goedemorgen. People are always really grateful when you just try to speak their language. They might even thank you for it. Hey, Blum, how do we say thanks a lot? Dankjewel. And dank you well to you too, Blum. Now that we can communicate a little bit, it's time for school. In the Netherlands, kids can start school on the first school day after their fourth birthday. And they must start school on the first school day after they turn five. So for the first two years, new kids are showing up at school throughout the year. And those first two years are all about play and learning to work with others. The real academic stuff gets started in the third year when you turn six. Last week, we talked about how kids in South Korean schools get tested a lot In Dutch schools, students throughout the country are tested twice a year, but there's no pass or fail and apparently no competition between kids or parents about marks. The tests are used to see if any students need extra help and they also identify whether schools and teachers are doing a good job. The final year of primary school in the Netherlands is in year eight. Each year, those 11-year-olds give a special present to their parents and the rest of the school. A musical that they put on themselves, doing everything from costumes to set design. Ask any Dutch adult and they'll probably still remember their school musical as a highlight of their time at primary school. Now, when people visit Australia, there are things they find amazing that we might take for granted, like our unique wildlife, the food we eat, the games we play. And the way the Netherlands deals with water is pretty astonishing. Believe it or not. The recent floods in southeast Queensland and northeast New South Wales were devastating. But did you know that in the Netherlands, two thirds of the entire country is in regular danger of flooding? One third sits below sea level, and the other third is very close indeed. 2,000 years ago, all of the Netherlands was a swamp. To build their homes, the first permanent inhabitants built artificial hills so that their houses wouldn't float away with the tides. In the capital, lots and lots of houses are built raised up on wooden poles. And of course, the Dutch started to build something called dikes. These were basically ridges of earth built along a river or around a field to stop the flow of water. There are now 22,000 kilometres of dikes in the Netherlands, even though it only has 800 kilometres of coastline. I've popped a link in your episode notes to show how they crisscross the entire country. Nowadays, dikes are made with a core of sand covered by a thick layer of clay to provide waterproofing and resistance to erosion. It may then be covered with rocks or tarmac before putting grass on top and leaving sheep to graze there. Now, those sheep are part of the fight against flooding. They keep the grass dense and they compact the soil down, which makes the dike less likely to erode. Smart, huh? The Dutch also dug drainage ditches many hundreds of years ago to bring water away from flood-prone areas. After a special type of windmill was invented in the 15th century, they were used to pump water out too. There are about 1,000 of these old windmills all over the country. Nowadays, the Netherlands have massive sea and storm surge barriers to protect against flooding. They test those dikes really often and, because of climate change, they're also relocating some people away from vulnerable areas. And, yes, that means they're moving people from their old homes to new ones, something lots of countries are considering as sea levels rise. Phew, I've learned a ton about the Netherlands and now I'm starving. I think it might be dinner time. I wonder if it's their diet that makes Dutch men the tallest in the world, measuring on average 183 centimetres or six feet. The women aren't far behind, reaching on average 171 centimetres. No one is exactly sure why, but they think it might be a combination of their genetics their healthcare system, and their diet rich in milk, cheese, and licorice. Okay, it's unlikely to be licorice, but the Dutch do consume two kilos of licorice per person every year with 80 different kinds to choose from. Still, we probably shouldn't start dinner with dessert, should we? Please, 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 please! Ah, we'd better not. Let's tuck in instead to the Dutch national dish of stumppot. It features one of my favourite foods in the whole wide world, mashed potatoes. There are lots of different kinds of stumppot, but they all have mash mixed with veggies and served with a smoked pork sausage called rookwurst on top. Now, Rookwurst might be a little tricky to find in Australia, but I'm told that Kielbasa, which is a Polish type of sausage and quite easy to find, makes a great substitute. There's a recipe in your episode notes, but don't forget the licorice for dessert. Time for the quiz. This is the part of the podcast where you get to test how well you've been listening. Question number one, what kind of flour is the Netherlands famous for? Come on, Amanda, give us a hard one. It's a tulip. Question number two, how much licorice does the average Dutch person eat each year? Yep, it's a whopping two kilos. And question number three, what kind of animal helps protect the Netherlands' dike system? Correct, it's the humble sheep. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for staying curious about the world and joining me on this incredible trip to the Netherlands. Now get out there and have a most excellent day. Over and out.